Welcome to the Plans and Provisions Podcast, your source for homesteading and preparedness information and inspiration. We're so glad you're here. We'll be talking with some incredible folks, sharing ideas, and learning what we can do to become more independent and resilient in these interesting times. Now here's your host, Jason White. Hello and welcome. It is the first Friday of August, and it's time for a farm update. Um, for those of you who have been listening along, you'll know that I, I do put out a an update monthly, uh, just talking about what's going on around the homestead, the, the things that we're, we're struggling with, some of the, the challenges that we're facing, which are many, um, and they change with every month, with, with every season. And as we we develop new systems and, and try to figure out ways to get them to work together to help feed our family and provide abundance for our community. Um, well, that's going to continue monthly, but I've decided to start doing it the first Friday of every month. So that's what you can count on going forward. And I will now be doing a, an interview and releasing that every two weeks. So by by moving the the farm update off of the, the, the every, I guess, fourth or third Tuesday, whatever it is, um, alternating with, with interviews, I'll be just be doing the interviews on Tuesday, and they will be coming out every two weeks until further notice. I just, you know, I really enjoy doing the interviews, and at, at the rate of one a month, I just felt like, you know, I... I I was missing out on the fun, um, and I, I know that uh, by the numbers, you, the audience, really seem to prefer the interviews, and so do I, so we're going to go ahead and um, and start with that schedule. So um, looking forward to it. If you missed the last interview, I interviewed author, blogger, and um, YouTuber Karen Morris, who uh, wrote the fantastic book, A Year Without the Grocery Store. Uh, we talked about a lot of things to include preparedness, the mindset of preparedness, and uh, and some surprising things about uh, some of the things that she's gone through. So uh, it was a it was a really great interview. She's a great lady, and I uh, highly recommend if you have not heard that one, go back and uh, take a listen. I don't think you'll regret that. Um, I've had some really great conversations over the past week or so. Uh, with some folks who will be coming up in the lineup, and uh, you're you're definitely not going to want to miss those. Um, next week, I've got a really exciting one that, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. It's just honestly, this is so much fun, and I get to meet so many great people and and um, and just get to know them for a little bit. Sit down for an hour, an hour and a half, depending on uh, the situation, and just uh, chew the fat. I get to ask some great questions, and uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun, and I know that uh, I've had some good feedback that people are really enjoying that. Um, speaking of feedback, you know, if there's anything that uh, you want me to pursue, if there are some questions that you have or topics uh, related to homesteading, food independence, and preparedness that you'd like me to cover, um, feel free to shoot me an email. Jason at plansandprovisions.com. Always appreciate getting those emails from you folks. Um, so it's August, and if you listened to July's update, we were uh, knee-deep in weeds and uh, dealing with bugs in the garden. And I'll have you know, it's gotten worse. Big surprise. Um, see, you know, 
going back to the winter when we showed up here, we really just, we were going to do things really simply. We were going to do some garden beds and just kind of put off gardening on a large scale. But something that was just kind of tugging at us to do something larger, in in large part because we knew the sooner we got started really diving in, um, the sooner we would start learning some of these tough lessons. And we are learning them, let me tell you. Um, We were super intimidated, and for good reason, and some of the things that we're dealing with um, have, have been challenging. There's no question about it. Um, my wife is the gardener. She's the, the head gardener around here and she's really doing most of the work. So when I say we just know that, uh, it's the Royal we mostly, I, I do get out there and help her and I do contribute and I am a, a, a part of it, but she's, she's really the boots on the ground for most of it. So I just want to give her credit for all the work that she's been doing out there in the garden. But, um, yeah, we've gone from from some successful invasions that we've repelled um, of Japanese beetles and tomato cutworms and uh, and grasshoppers have just you know, it's almost plague level out here this summer. Um, I've heard that from the locals that it's not a uh, not usual, but yeah, we've got grasshoppers everywhere. I, I actually mowed the grass a little bit earlier today and just had them flying in my face and. It's, uh, it's, it's been a challenge, but we've mostly been able to keep them from destroying the crops, but our new tenants in the, uh, in the garden, um, are a little bit different. They're, they're, uh, an insect that we had never heard of before called, uh, blister beetles. So they're true to their name. If you happen to crush them, or I think if you touch them to a certain point and they get secretions on you, you will develop blisters. I didn't know that. And we were out there trying to identify them so we could do research on how to control them. And I had, I had held one, but I had hold of his legs so he wouldn't move so we can take a picture. Um, Luckily, you know, I didn't pick up any blisters from that encounter, but my wife has a few on her hands from going out there and, and doing some removal and, and kind of facing off with these nasty buggers so, yeah, we found them in one corner, and uh, and they're they're moving their way through, but um, we we're putting some neem oil out there, and um, we're just trying a few different natural things. We had some for I don't know how to pronounce it spinosad spinosad um, around, and and I've heard it's a little bit damaging to pollinators and bees. So we didn't really want to use it, but we did use it a little and then it rained. So I feel like any, any real benefit to that was wiped away. We had some DE diatomaceous earth out there. Again, it rained. So it really kind of mitigated the, the benefit of that. But, um, we've got some neem on the scene and we're going to definitely get out there in earnest and see what we can do to, to salvage what we have left. Um, we are producing a lot of food though. So, um, as much as, as much as it is disheartening to have such a nasty critter come in and start really doing damage, um, and, and to do it in such a way that, you know, they've gotten away from us. Uh, it's disheartening. It's discouraging. It, um, it brings up some negative feelings, but we've been eating 
veggies out of the garden every day. We've, I mean, we've made fermented gallons of, of pickles, uh, pickling cucumbers, done uh, sour pickles. Um, we've got uh, Taiwanese yard-long beans growing like crazy. We've got some winter squash that seem to be doing pretty well. Summer squash are in abundance. Our grain corn is nearly 10 feet high. I mean, this stuff's doing great. It looks like it's it's going to produce a pretty decent crop for us. Um, you know, we're eating kale. I mean, there's, there's, there's been a lot of good food coming out of this, but really we look, we look at this as a learning experience and it's certainly providing the lessons that we were looking for. And it's also providing the food. So, um, we're, we're pretty happy about that. A quick note on those blister beetles as well is if you were listening to our last update, we were using the chickens for insect control. Um, and we were doing it to a limited degree so they weren't doing too much damage to other plants. But these blister beetles are toxic to most livestock and, and potentially fatal. So that adds a an interesting twist that I just didn't see coming. Um, and so, yeah, if any of you have dealt successfully with them, feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear your story about uh, about how... How how that worked out, and and if you did successfully uh, manage them, I'd love to know, um, so we could apply that to what we're doing, and and maybe I'll even mention it on the show. But, um, so that's been the garden. Now it's the first of August, so we are we're going to be shifting gears and getting ready for fall garden. We eat like many folks a lot of potatoes, and we buy our potatoes organic. Um, there's some things that we will buy that are not organic, but potatoes just aren't one of them. And so, um, they, they can be expensive and, and, you know, we live out in the country and having to drive a special trip for potatoes is not something that we're wanting to do much these days. So we're definitely looking at producing uh, a good bit of uh, potatoes. So we're studying up on that. We also eat a lot of cabbage. Uh, we do uh, fresh cabbage and salads. We saute cabbage, um, and we definitely ferment a lot in in uh, sauerkraut and kimchi. So uh, we're looking at um, hopefully learning the art of cabbage growing and onions. I mean, I think it's my favorite food. Uh, I put it in everything. We cook uh, with a lot of onions, as I know most people do. So those are the three we're really going to focus on. We will be trying some other things, carrots and and some different uh, brassicas and greens, but you know we're just really trying to replace the grocery store as much as we can, and so we're focusing on the things we know we buy a lot of. Um, so we're going to be buying weed mat. We have uh, we've watched some of uh, the Living Traditions Homestead, who are local to us, their videos and what they do to have really no weeds, little to no weeds in their garden. And they do use weed mat. And so we are going to copy them unashamedly and try to do it exactly like they do it and see if we can have the same type of success. Because one of the issues I think that's providing so many pests is that we just, we did not really have a a large amount of material to mulch with. And as a result, you know, we've got weeds, we've got grass, we've got a lot of growth. And I think that's provided a lot of uh, habitat for these for these garden pests. So 
that's where we're transitioning right now. It's just a matter of uh, saving what we can and, and getting the best that we can. Our tomatoes are doing great. We've got about 75 feet of tomatoes, and we they're doing really well. There's a lot of tomatoes out there, nothing ripe yet. Uh, we ended up pulling a couple of baskets of green tomatoes on the ones that were really overrun with the blister beetles. But uh, we're hoping to get some red tomatoes off of the vine here um, in a little bit, depending on how things go. So we'll keep you posted on that. The first Friday of September, I'll have some news on all of that. Um, And hopefully I will tell you all about our newly planted fall garden and how we did it. But um, yeah, we're excited about the next season. You know, everything we've learned about pests and weeds and, and irrigation and and in spacing and and planning you know i think that uh i'm confident that next year as we get going for our spring garden and into summer we will we will have more success and we've had success this year and we're very grateful for that we feel really blessed to have just shown up here at the end of last year and and to be able to grow so much food obviously we'd like to grow more and we're hoping to do that with this fall garden so um, stay tuned for that information. Outside of gardening, you know, we've been dealing with a little bit of issues with with our calves, one calf in particular. They are four months old now, and um, the pink eye is cleared up on on both of them. Uh, one in particular, he he's just, he's never really shown the best health, and this is coming from a very inexperienced eye. So I'm learning a lot about how to just how to spot things, um, such as the condition of their coat. Um, that's a big, big tell. Um, but the, the pink eye cleared up. We were, we were putting, um, cod liver oil, which is extremely high in vitamin A into their feed and did that, um, for a couple weeks until we ran out of the pint that we bought. And um, we were also spraying a, a, a this uh, this spray into his eyes, and it's it's pretty well cleared up. So we're we're happy about that. I, I think it's probably more dealing with that vitamin A deficiency than dealing with the actual symptom with the spray. But um, so that's been that's that feels good to see that result. Now I'm pretty sure he's got worms and we're going to have to figure out how to deworm, which is not uncommon. Um, we just have not, um, we haven't done it yet. And so we're, we're looking into, um, plans on how to deal with that. And, um, just really hoping to get this guy healthy. He's, um, he's, he's, he, he was really big when we got him. I mean, he was almost twice the size of the other calf and they were the same age. Same breed, um, you, you know. You'd think he'd be the more robust of the two, and he just is not proven to be. Um, so we're we're really hoping to be able to get him back on track. We're getting his minerals in him. Pretty sure he's copper deficient, based on the studies that I've done. And um, we're just hoping to get, yeah, we're just hoping to get the boy healthy. Um, he is a steer. He will be harvested for beef. Um, either late next year or early 24, not quite sure yet. Um, and our other calf is still intact. He is a bull and we're thinking about keeping him intact and keeping him as a bull. 
and um, finding ourselves a brown Swiss heifer and starting our own self-sustaining uh, dual-purpose uh, dairy herd, dairy and beef herd. So um, definitely a, a long way out for getting a lot of that together, but that's the vision we have now. We'll see how it goes. Um, things certainly can and do change as we uh, encounter different ideas and um, and face different uh, different challenges. So that's that's the story with the cattle, chickens. Nothing to report. Everybody's doing well. Well, I guess there is something to report. Our Australorps. We've got about a dozen uh, black Australorp hens that we got as day old chicks in mid March, and they are just starting to lay eggs. So that actually is. Um, that's a that's a that's a great thing. We're getting these tiny little beautiful brown eggs, and um, so we are we are going to see um, a lot more eggs. We're about thirty five or so hens we've got on the farm right now, and um, we are going to be dealing with a lot of eggs here soon. Um, looking to start selling those to offset the cost of feed. Um, one thing that I don't know why we didn't start doing before. I think because when it came up. It was freezing cold, literally freezing cold, and I didn't, it just wasn't practical to start it, but that's fermenting your chicken feed. So um, if you haven't heard of it, it's just very simple. You, 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 you put your feed in a bucket and you put water in it and you let it ferment. Uh, for a day to three days, we're doing about a day and it's with this heat and everything, it's definitely fermenting and bubbling. The idea behind it, as with really any fermentation of food, is that it it makes the food and the nutrients in the food more bioavailable. So the animals will get more nutrients um, by eating less food. It also expands the volume of the food because it soaks it in water, and so it literally makes it more food. So we've been doing this for about a week or two, and it seems to be going pretty well. I had a free choice feeder that I had built um, that uh, that worked really well. But as as the population grew and and it just it kind of seemed like they were just wasting food. And we do free range. We've got the grasshoppers and crickets everywhere. Um, so we do that to supplement their feed. But I just thought, you know, I, I really chickens are a really expensive animal, pound for pound, to feed especially compared to ruminants like sheep and cattle. And so uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to to balance that out and find ways that um, we're not just, just throwing money at these chickens. I mean, I don't have the math, and I probably should keep better notes. And, yeah, I should keep better notes, but I haven't been. But, you know, I don't want my eggs costing what they would cost in the grocery store. Yes, they're better, but um, you know it's not just about the the current cost, but also the sustainability going forward. With you know uh, inflation and supply chain issues and and things like that, and so um, I'm pleased to announce the fermentation program has gone really well. Um, can't really say much more about it now because we've just started, but there's plenty of great YouTube videos and information on doing just that. I definitely recommend. Um, Justin Rhodes, um, his YouTube channel is chock full of great information and you can find information on 
exactly that. Fermenting chicken food. Other than that, we've had some very, very, very hot, dry weather broken by a pretty significant rainstorm. Um, we've gotten we've gotten quite a bit of rain in the last week or two, so we're we're very, very grateful for that. Um, our rabbits made it through some of that heat, and um, we're very grateful for that. Um, I do know I do know some folks who have lost rabbits. Um, in, in the heat, um, particularly on the West Coast in the Pacific Northwest where it got in the like 114, things like that. So it, it's, it's, um, it, it's been a little scary from time to time and they've been very uncomfortable, but they are still alive. And I was going to start breeding them and then I found out that the males are not fertile or they're sterile when the temperature goes uh, too much over 85 degrees. So I'm going to wait until we get a consistent little bit of time that is 85 or lower, and then we're going to start breeding. Looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to putting some rabbit meat in the freezer and having some rabbits to sell to the local community. Um, for those of you who are aware, we were treating one of our does for ear mites, and that seems to be improving. At first, she was very resistant to the application of oil in her ear, and now it seems like she really almost looks forward to it. So um, that's been good news. And um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. We've kind of faced that drought and it's, it's kind of the first drought I've experienced having a homestead. You know, we moved here from Arizona and while we, we were in no way farming or homesteading, um, drought just seemed to be a way of life there. You know, it's the desert here. I mean, during the, the late, winter and early spring it rained and rained and rained and rained and i thought there's you know this is the wettest place on earth and uh yeah we had a very very dry spell and i know a lot of the um the locals who do cut hay are have been concerned with being able to get a second cutting it's putting pressure on the local hay economy driving prices up making it unavailable a lot of people are not selling hay because they're holding it in case they can't get a second cutting so it's and it's it's been worse in places like east texas if you've heard any of that um so definitely crazy times with the weather it's been hot it's been dry but um thankfully we're we're getting through we're getting through it thank god and um yeah, I think that's, I think that's about it. I I just kind of wanted to um, start off this month, this uh, first Friday of August, and and share a little bit of what what we've been going through here. Uh, the kids are going back to homeschool here in about a week, and so we've been getting our plans together for that. And um, you know, life's busy, no question about it. Um, but we're we're grateful to be here and we're we're just grateful to be be doing it. We're doing it. And you know, I, I say this a lot, but um, you know, a lot of these projects and, and things that we're facing and, and that we're 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 having to overcome, that they're overwhelming. And, you know, we're not necessarily doing everything right. We are making mistakes. But by doing these things, we are learning. I didn't know anything about raising calves. Well, guess what? I do now, and I will continue to learn. And um, 
there's a lot of other things that with the rabbits or this massive garden. Uh, we're planning on planting a significant orchard um, slash permaculture food forest next spring. That's going to be a big learning experience as well. So um, if there's anything that you're, you really want to do and you're overwhelmed and you're afraid and intimidated, perfect. Jump in and just get started. Um, you know, don't be reckless, but I, I definitely challenge anybody who's who's kind of facing something that um, they're, I know even when I started this podcast, I, I thought, you know, somebody said, you have to be willing to be a disaster before you can be the master. Or somebody else said something along the lines of, you have to be willing to be the worst at something before you can be the best at something. So I just... I just challenge everybody here to um, to just just kind of get it done. Do whatever it is that that's fa- that you're facing off, and um, face those fears, and don't let your ego or perfection get in the way. They say perfection is is just another form of procrastination. So, um, yeah, we're not doing it perfectly, and and uh, definitely learning a lot. And I'm glad that you um, joined me today, and looking forward to sharing what's going on next month and um definitely encourage you to check out my last episode with karen morris and look forward to this coming tuesday i've got a fantastic interview um that you're not going to want to miss so um thanks for being here again you can support me by sharing the podcast with others um leave a rating and review on any of the platforms that you might be listening to the podcast on And, um, yeah, subscribe. It's real easy to do, and that way you won't miss an episode. All right, that's it. This is Jason signing off, reminding you until next time, do something today to improve your tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Plans and Provisions podcast. If you would like to stay up to date with everything happening around the homestead, head on over to the website at plansandprovisions.com. 